Welcome to the first episode of The Broadswords, a bi-weekly actual play D&D podcast. I'm Victoria Rogers, your friendly neighborhood DM. Bianca Zelda plays the tiefling barbarian Maypree, Kristen Flemons plays Yolari's Roaring Horn, the half-elf wizard, and Tracy Gibbons plays the high-elf bard, Keela. We've decided to skip the traditional character introductions in favour of immersion, which will allow you to learn about the characters as the story progresses. Quick note before we begin. Our first few episodes suffer from some audio issues. One of our players was travelling across the continent, another had computer issues, and others of us were, well, just still figuring out the acoustics in our recording spaces. By episode four... The audio is fixed. Stick with us. We get better. Rashomon. A country steeped in superstition, ruled by witches and entrenched in snow. Berserkers reign and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Rashomon is not a land for the faint of heart. Trundling along the Hurong Road, is a small merchant caravan guiding a group of pilgrims to the Immel Vale. Three strangers travel with the caravan for safety, all with their own reasons to make the long journey north. You're listening to The Broadswords. you joined a merchant caravan in Waterdeep and are on your way to Imilar, the capital city of Rashomon. You have been on the road for weeks and are close to your destination. A couple of days ago, you passed through a Rashemi town called Mopton, where you picked up a group of pilgrims who have paid Gris, the caravan leader, to take them to the moss stones in the Imil Vale. Rashomon is a northern country with a harsh landscape, but the Immel Vale is warm and fair due to the hot springs in the area. The Vale is often filled with a fine mist. The caravan has stopped for the night. Both the guards and pilgrims begin to set up camp. There is excitement in the air as you are close to the pilgrim's destination. Tomorrow... You will be sleeping in the shadow of the moss stones. What do you do? This is the first time we've had hot water, I'm assuming, in quite a while, and uh, I would like somebody to draw me a bath. All right, so who do you go to to, to ask this? Well, I'll go to the caravan leader and, and let him know that I require a bath to be drawn. Well, there is the merchant Chris Brom, who is the caravan leader. You met him when you were in Waterdeep. He's a rather portly man with a large mustache, a large bushy mustache that he has waxed to come out into big, long twists on the sides. He's dressed in his merchant traveling clothes, so they're still quite fine, but they're, they're starting to be a little dusty now. 
and he is directing some of his guards in helping to set up camp. You can see him bossing people around at the head of the caravan train. I mean, surely, Grace, you can you can spare one of these strapping young lads to, to draw me a quick bath. He stares at you a moment and chews on part of his mustache. At this point, he is, he's gotten used to you. He's a bit exasperated with your demands. If you are perceptive enough, which I don't think you are really, you can tell by the way he grinds his jaw. You can see his jaw grit a little bit. <laughs> I have to roll about whether or not I care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, I think that's more of what I was going along the lines of. Um, and he, he chews on his mustache and he says, well, there's a spring not too far. Just use that. Is the spring, is it a hot spring? They're all hot springs around here. Well, then surely one of the guards can spare a minute to, to, to draw a bath from the hot spring. And did you bring a tub? You didn't bring a tub. No. I'm sure you remember I arrived here quite at the last minute. I did not have time to prepare as I would have. I'm sorry, Hilarious lady. You're going to have to rough it and use one of the hot springs. <sighs> well, just ensure that nobody disturbs me. I will be over there to the north. As you wish, my lady. And he nods his head before he abruptly turns his back <laughs> to you to continue to to boss some of his his men around. Um, I'm going to uh, trudge on up to... You said his name was Chris? Gris. Gris. It's a nice caravan merchant name. Um, I'm going to trudge on up, uh, kind of waving. I know he has his back turned, but I really want to get everybody's attention. And I'm going to loudly, um, as I've done multiple nights, just announce that I'm available if anybody needs help. I will happily help you guys uh, unpack, set up camp, anything you need. I've got you guys covered. Will you draw me a bath? Oh, you again. Uh, does anybody else need help? And I'm going to look around at all these poor <laughs> pilgrims. Well, Bianca is being uh, so kind. Oh, pardon me. Well, Mepri is being so kind and offering her help and nobody is paying any attention. I just need to decide to poke around and see if any packs are unattended that possibly have something shiny sticking out of them or maybe something that looks delicious that I can save for later. Okay, why don't you give me a perception check? 17. On the other side of one of the wagons, you see a unattended satchel. In that satchel, you see just a little bit of a, a pouch sticking out. Are you trying to be sneaky? Yes. 23. Okay. You are being very sneaky. So why don't you explain to me what you're doing to be so sneaky. I crouch very low, pull my cloak over my head to hide my noticeable hair. I just stay very quiet on the tips of my toes and just use the very tips of my fingers to slowly, slowly get the satchel open while keeping my eyes roaming around the area in case anybody's intruding. 
Alright, give me a second here while I, I look up my random treasure charts. I don't even know what page that's on. Hold on. Treasure! 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 Are, are you going- are you gonna look in it right then and there? No, I think that I'll- I'll pocket the pouch and I decide to take a look at it later. What darker and more private. Okay, so you have a pouch. Why don't you add that to your inventory? That May Pri has been offering her services um, and has brushed Delaris off about her bath. As soon as Gris hears May Pri's voice, spins around, his eyes slightly wide and wild. He's like, oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, we're fine. You are our guest. Why don't you go off and just relax? We've got everything under control. Are you sure? The springs aren't going anywhere. I don't mind. I'm, I'm very sure. We appreciate your, your help in the past. And he winces involuntarily at the word help. But we, we are fine. We have done this many times. We have a pattern. I'll nod my head and kind of bow. And then to a nearby merchant assistant, I'm going to whisper, I'm going to help anyways. <laughs> and uh, go look for some pilgrims that might need some help. Okay, you, you find the group of pilgrims. There's six pilgrims. They look to be like one big family, like extended family. And the elderly woman who's kind of like the the matron of the family she she's taken a bit of a, a liking to you um even if you are a bit clumsy and she 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 perks up at your approach hello matron is there anything i can do to help you guys set up camp oh yes thank you she points at some some poles in canvas and says, you can help Jory uh, set up the tents. I'm all over that. However, this isn't the first time we've helped him set up camp, so you'd think we would have a bit of a routine down. I decide to pick up, I've never gone camping, we're gonna say all eight poles <laughs> at once. <laughs> I'm picking them up horizontally and I just swing around and I hit somebody. I don't know who I've hit. You hit Jory and he, he's knocked, he's knocked forward. He hit him on the back and he's like, Oi! Watch I'm it gonna there. drop all the poles and rush over. I'm so sorry, are you okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be fine. Just, just one at a time, Maypri. One at a time. So sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just so excited to help you guys. You hear one of the the young children who's with them snicker. Everyone around is hiding their smiles because this has been a reoccurring event the entire time you've been with the caravan. I'll go ahead and one at a time start putting the poles into the ground so they can get the canvas over top okay so that that goes rather nicely you larry's mm -hmm. how how's your bath going it's definitely not the best bath i've ever taken 
hot springs are often like one part is too hot and then where the other water comes in it's too cold and and there's rocks and plants but you know it's it's better than the complete lack of hygiene of the last few days so you sort of just like you know grits your teeth and gets through it it's somewhat refreshing can I please have a perception check? Yeah, absolutely. i try and roll this somewhere that won't be really loud. Oh, that was a nat 20. Oh, you notice a faint rustle in the mist, not too far from you. Is it like an animal rustle or something less? It looks more ethereal in nature. Am I still, like, bathing naked? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. (laughs) Um, I'm going to yell out. Who's there? I said said to not let anyone disturb me. There's nothing. Can I I cast Detect Magic? You can. Are you going to do it in the bath? Yeah. So what does this ritual in the bath look like? So it doesn't take any materials. So I guess it's just sort of like an incantation and some gestures, maybe some splashing, maybe like just because no one's watching (laughs) just for kicks. Literally, I'll add in some kicks instead of the normal uh, hand gestures. Have a little fun while uh, nobody can see me and find me undignified. so a little bit of muttering under the breath, a little bit of, of splashing. You don't see anything, no magic. There's a faint aura around everything around here, but it, it's the land itself is steeped in magic. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get dressed again and uh, and sort of walk towards where I saw the movement. Do I still see the movement? Is that still happening or no? Okay. All right, I'm gonna venture venture forwards a little bit, closed this time. You actually find a stocking missing. A, a what? A stocking missing. Oh, not one of mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of mine is gone. Okay, I think I'm gonna yell. Hey, who took that? No answer. All right. Well, I'm huffily going to stuck my stick my other stocking in a pocket, and am I going to have to go through the water at all to follow the direction of the movement? No, you you can walk around the stream. Okay. So I guess I'll put on my shoes with no stockings and mutter under my breath a bit about that, uh, and uh, see if I can't find something ahead a little ways. Is there... Um, you just, you see trees and wilderness. Uh, there's an owl hooting somewhere nearby. The sun is really starting to set now. It's just beginning to be twilight. And is the mist still around? Yes, the mist is still there. And in fact, you think it's thicker. Okay. That's a little unnerving. I think uh, I will head back towards the camp and see if I can't find someone to blame for my missing stocking. And when you get back to camp, the tents are set up and everyone is huddled around the big main campfire. 
But there's something wrong. You see that the campfire, it's sputtering. It's sputtering as if there is a lot of wind, but the air is still. If you need help setting a fire, that happens to be one of my specialties. Throw throw a few firebolts at it, see if that helps anything. A big fire? fire? <laughs> I will cast yep. fireball at the... Well, you know, it just needs a little bit of help. Um, all right. Big arranged spell attack on the fire. Yeah. Yeah, 12 plus 5, so 17. It's actually rather explosive. You you cast this firebolt um, without really much warning to anyone. No, of course not. <laughs> and um, sparks spray, and from the force of this firebolt, um, embers from the fire go flying outwards, and people yell out in surprise as they get singed, and people uh, like go jumping back and, and yelling. Um, can I have a dexterity check from Maypre and Kila? Before I roll that, can I just hang out? Um, because I'm an infernal, am I immune to fire? Resistant, I think, is the word. Yeah. Because if I'm resistant, I'll just hang out. I think it's half damage, isn't it? Fifteen. Um, my dexterity check was a ten. Maypre manages to jump out of the way, but Kila unfortunately isn't able to untangle herself from her cloak fast enough, um, and she gets singed for one damage. The tip of my cloak is on fire, and I attempt to do a bit of a dance to put it out. It's very undignified. There's a lot of flailing of my arms and legs before I become smart enough to drop on the ground and roll in the dirt and put it out, at which point I am now covered in dirt and a little bit of ash. <laughs> okay, Um. and there, there are some similar squawks and flailings um, from the pilgrims and a couple of the guards, and people look up sourly. Um, and then the fire just starts sputtering, just like it was before. I was just like, I was just, just trying to help. You're a quite terrible helper. Can I have a perception check from everyone, please? 25. <laughs> A 19. One. <laughs> All right. So Maypre is is just watching everyone kind Dozen of. off. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so while everyone else is dusting themselves off and, and huddling about this uh, sputtering fire, we have Keela and Jalaris. They notice something strange. While the fire is is sputtering, it's not cold out, but you notice that there are a few men who have their arms crossed, shoulders are up about their ears. I turn to the men and I ask them if they're cold. One looks up at you and he has a big brown beard and he's like, a bit chilly around here, don't you think? 
his wife, she looks at him and she's like, what are you talking about? It's, it's perfectly fine. The blonde man across from the fire eats and he's like, I'm, I'm fine. But there's um, a gentleman with long brown hair over to the other man's right. And he says, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think it's, it's a little cold out. I check to see if I notice if they're perhaps wearing similar clothing or if I can see anything that those three cold men share other than perhaps their hair color. Uh, give me a perception check. It's a really easy DC. 17. Okay, well, two of them are pilgrims that are from the same family, so they're wearing the same homespun clothing. The third man is one of the guards. Their hair color and gender seem to be the commonality. Go up to Gris and, and ask, like, I want to know, like, have you, have you traveled this route before? Is this, is this a trip you've made many times? Chris looks up and says, yeah, um, I, I do this, this run twice a year. It's quite lucrative. <clears throat> I imagine so. Um, is this, is there any, ever anything strange along the path? <laughs> and he chuckles, he chuckles at that and he says, it's Rashomon. It's always strange here. Like your sickly fire strange and your shivering guard strange and my missing stocking strange? That, that particular genre of strange? He, he arches a brow at your missing stocking. The spirits here walk all the time. They're everywhere. The, the spirits have a stocking fetish? And at that, he actually kind of chuckles. Um, well, spirits were once men. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't think Keelaris has any more insights. She's just going to kind of just huff at him and head back to the fire. And Keela is the same. Doesn't really have anything else that uh, she wants to add or that she notices. So she just kind of tucks into her stew. As you eat, um, the mist gets thicker. And you can hear strange sounds, almost as if someone singing in the mist. And the the pilgrims start to like look over each other's shoulders. And these pilgrims, they're from Russia. They're Rashemi. And even they are starting to look unnerved. Um, while we're hanging out by the fire, I'm going to turn to the matron of the pilgrims and just ask like, Hey, that's some really lovely singing in the background. Do you guys just get some background music all the time? She looks up at you kindly and she pats your arm fondly. Yalaris and Keila, are you watching this exchange at all? Yeah, I think so. It's like around the fire, so. Yes. You get the distinct impression that the matron of the pilgrims thinks Maypri is a simpleton and that she just favors her with kindness but she thinks that there's she's not all there in the head which is why she's always so nice to her. That's so sad. As you ask that question to the matron, she pats your arm and smiles and says no girl, this is not what we, we have. The spirits are out tonight. Maypri's gonna nod energetically that sounds excellent. Could you tell me a little bit about the spirits? Why don't you have a seat? I sit right on the ground. 
This land was once part of a battleground, and the goddess of magic, she she steeped her essence into these everything which is here. And the spirits, they rise and they walk, and they're a part of this place. They're a part of the ground, they're part of the rocks, and they're part of the trees. And they're not just human. There's the Tephros and the Tephrin of all creatures within this land. Some good, some ambivalent, and some not so good. But we honor all of them because they are part of who we are as Rishem. I listened really, I was really into it. I had my, my, my hands kind of crossed underneath my chin. I love stories like this. I didn't necessarily understand the severity the matron always talks in, in a kindly voice to me, so everything that she tells me always comes off as very, very nice, but I don't quite understand the import of her story. So I'm just gonna nod and accept it as is. I don't know much else to ask. I, I can accept there's just spirits everywhere and that's the background sound that I'm hearing. Keela, you feel something brush your neck. Oh, that's uh, a little unsettling. I take a look around and see if I can spot anything near me that possibly brushed my neck. Did it feel furry or did it feel more like a human touch? It felt cold. Ooh, that's definitely unsettling. Do I see anything? Uh, Give me a perception check. 10. You see something about 15 feet away from you in the mist, and only for a brief moment. Well, I'm definitely feeling unsettled by the situation. Am I able to pick up uh, perhaps a piece of wood to use as a torch so that I can go into the creepy mist (laughs) with a little bit of lighting? You want to go out into the creepy mist by yourself. That's always a good tone of voice to hear from your DM. <laughs> yes. We can do that. Before, no, before before I decide to go into the creepy mist, I turn to everyone around the fire and I say, I saw something. I am concerned about what could be going on around this camp. Does anybody want to investigate with me? Immediately, I'm going to raise my hand and say, pick me, please. Okay, you. Yeah, (laughs) sure. All right. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody at all? I'm I'm missing a stocking. If we could find that, that would be great. Anybody? Anybody else? (laughs) And everyone is quite silent, and they're inching closer together around what light of the fire they have. Fine. All right, you two. Come on. Let's go see what we can find, and maybe we'll find this stocking. (laughs) All right, I am up, and I am ready to go. Just for the record, you're not the leader of this little expedition. We're just going out beside each other, but you didn't choose me. I'm coming by myself. Whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy. Let's just go. (laughs) All right. Great. So I pick up my torch thing 
and staying distinctly directly beside Ilari's, I set off into the mist. Okay, so the three of you set out into the mist um, with your your burning piece of wood. As you step out into the mist, the the singing gets louder. Is it uh, as a bard? Is it any song that I might recognize from any point in my travels? Hmm. You know what? Why don't you give me a history check to see if you know? Fifteen. It is familiar. Sounds like a song um, that is sung as a lullaby, but it's not quite the version that you know. This is different. Using your knowledge of music, the chord progression of this song is archaic. This is an older version of the lullaby you know. Hilary's father wasn't around, but if it's a lullaby, I'm just curious if she would have ever heard it from her mother, maybe, or... Mm, No, there would not have known this song. Uh, Keela just knows it from traveling. And I definitely feel a little unsettled that it's a lullaby. I feel like even though it was meant to be something comforting... It takes on a sinister tone. What language is the song sung in? It's more of a, a soft singing of a melody. So we've got Tealaris and Keela up front. I'm walking behind them, kind of keeping up the rear guard. I don't really need the torch to see. Uh, are we are we traveling down? Can, can I guess you describe where we're traveling through? You can see about 10 feet in front of you, and that's about it. You see grass and rocks, the odd tree. Is there any sort of directionality? Like, is it getting louder as we go forwards? Can we hear it coming specifically from one area at all to follow, or is it just sort of everywhere? It's everywhere. It's coming from all around you. Well, this seems a little futile. And as we approach the area where I saw that something a few minutes ago, is there anything there now? No. You hear a shout from camp. Okay, I I think that we should all turn back and go to camp. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Hilarious agrees enough that she doesn't even care to argue. I'm going to take off at a run and just head towards the sound of the yeah. scream. Yeah. When you get there, you see one of the the brown-haired men. He is jumped up, and he's flailing around, and he's looking back and forth over each shoulder. He's like, something was there. Something touched me. It touched me. It touched me. And he's really freaking out. His two buddies on either side of him are trying to, you know, say, okay, calm down, calm down. And at that point, Gris stands up, and he's like, all right. It's time to sleep. Let's just, let's hunker down. We'll wait until the morning when we can see, and we will go on our way. We cannot travel in this mist. Let's just get into our tents and hunker down. We'll, we'll get through this. And at that point, the pilgrims, they glance at each other worriedly, and everyone starts to, to go to their tents. How close to the fire are the tents? So you're able to see the tents from the area of the fire? Um, they're probably about five feet. 
Mipri doesn't actually have a tent. She just sleeps on the ground, so she's going to sleep near the fire. She's just going to use her her um, explorer's pack as a pillow. Nap right there. So I decide to stay with the guards for a couple hours just to make sure everything is okay, and then I'll meditate after a couple of hours. I'm sure Gilaris has commandeered her own tent. Yeah, it's definitely set <laughs> apart a little bit from the others. I don't think she's super thrilled about the idea of going back to the tent alone right now, but she's less thrilled about letting other people see that she's a little scared. So I guess I will go to the tent. Okay, so as the night progresses, it is very difficult to sleep. There are there's that singing and it's constant but it's not always at the same level it'll be quiet and you can barely hear it and then you think oh relief and then it starts to crescendo and it it just does this all night um sides of tent walls waver and flap the the fire crackles um at weird times um the horses whinny and it's really an unrestful really awful night and by the time you wake up in the morning you you are not rested and in fact you have suffered one point of exhaustion what does that mean Exhaustion has different levels. So on your first level of exhaustion, you now have disadvantage on ability checks. Oh, okay. Um, Once you have six levels of exhaustion, you die. (laughs) That escalated quickly. (laughs) Seriously. Is it still misty in the morning? Um, Is it still thick? It is misty. It's less thick now that the sun has cut through some of it and the outer air is on par with the ground temperature. So yeah, so the the morning comes around and everyone comes out of their tents all groggy and grumpy and everyone is really ready to get the hell out of here and get to the moss stone. Does anyone want to do anything before you take off? I think I just want to help everybody get camp all packed up again, but kind of begrudgingly. I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier before everybody so I can clean myself in the hot springs. And then when everyone starts to wake up is when I'll go offer my help and help uh, pack down the, uh, the tents and put away dishes or help make breakfast, whatever the morning routine is. Yeah, so you all have this routine, so you you all get it down pretty quickly, Um, and everyone kind of unanimously and silently decides that they're just going to gnaw on rations as they go down the road. You've been traveling for about three hours at this point. Where is everyone within the caravan? I'll be walking with the pilgrims. I'm not walking. So you're sitting up front with the driver. Are you sitting in the big main caravan at the front? Yeah, probably at the front, though, because I don't want to ride with, like, people or stuff in the back. So you're up at the front with a very unhappy merchant, Gris. 
the pilgrims are riding in the second wagon behind the main the main carriage or caravan that uh, Gris has, and the other half are walking along the wagons. Am I able to ride a horse at this point? The horses that they have here are cart horses. Okay, in that case, I, I prefer to walk, but further back, more kind of in the rear guard, just trailing behind a little bit. Yeah, I always like to walk. Not that I don't trust horses or caravans, I just prefer my own two feet. Okay, so you Larrys, can you please give me a perception check? Yes, I, do I have disadvantage on this? You're tired. The first one's a four, so... And the other one's a one. Okay, crit fail. Ooh, crit fail. So you are really tired. Your eyes are shutting of their own accord. Your head is nodding forward. Your chin hits your your chest. And whenever it does, you bring your head back abruptly and open your eyes really wide like, oh, no, I was asleep. But you keep on doing that over and over again. So you, you are completely oblivious. What is it that a tired and cranky Yularis doesn't see? Find out next time on The Broadswords. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. Or simply check out our website, www.thebroadswords.com. We'll be releasing episodes every other Saturday, so we'll be seeing you again on November 4th. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.